You're listening to the Canadian Country Music Podcast. Here's your host, Tim Albertson. And welcome to another episode of the Canadian Country Music Podcast. This is episode four. I am your host, Tim Albertson, a Canadian country music artist and lover who has been infatuated with every aspect of the Canadian country music world. The ins, the outs, the moments behind the stage, behind the songs and behind the music. And of course, share our stories with our fans. On today's episode, we have 14 new music releases this week, including tracks from The Recklaws, Daniel Bryant, Dirty Road Angels, and the debut of Chloe B. We also have even more congratulations as Ontario country music artists have invaded the Billboard charts. And our feature interview with CMAO Rising Star winner and nominee Aaron Allen. But before we get to the new releases and headlines this week, shout out to our sponsor, Hooligan Fuel Hot Sauce with incredible flavors like the original Creeping Heat, Life's a Peach, Limey Bastard, Boskin Nut, and Birthday Biatch. There is literally a sauce for every occasion and everyone. And their new coffee-infused hot sauces, Mean Muggin' and Roast Rage, are available today. But Tim... How can I get the best hot sauces on the market today? Well, I'm glad you asked because they ship across the country. Find them today at www.facebook.com slash hooligan. That's H-O-O-L-I-G-A-N. Fuel hot sauce. Tell them our podcast sent you and add some heat back into your life, baby. All right, everyone. Here we go. It's time for new releases and the news. This week's new releases have been brought to you by Soundcheck Entertainment. Shout out, Soundcheck! Canadian Country Music Playlist on Spotify, so here we go. It's Who I Wanna Be by Chloe B, her debut single. Go check it out today. Hockey Dad by Greg Ryder. Younger Brothers by Madison Krebs. Got It From My Mama, The Rec Laws. I Keep Rolling, Rory Gardner and Angela Marie. Night Like This, Robbie Johnson, Dance in the Rain, Dirt Road Angels, Call Me Karma by Ben Hudson, Working Man, Daniel Bryant, Let Go of My Ghosts, Oliver Childs, Better Bad Decisions by Jessica Pearson and the East Wind, Let's Be Crazy by Farewell Town, Cold Beer Calling My Name by Steve Pornemir, Grandpa Jack, Kara Smith, I Can't Blame Her by Doug Fulkins, Guardian Angel by Krista Hartman, I Don't Want to Fall in Love Again Anymore by Tegan Gaze, and One More Minute by Chris Bale. Making headlines this week in country music, Canadian retail store giant Tiger is celebrating their 60-year anniversary with a live stream happening tonight, May 3rd, on their Facebook page. Some incredible Canadian artists set to perform include country artists Rivertown Saints, Eric Etheridge and Kelsey Couric. Show begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on their Facebook, so please be sure to check that out. Also, guys, shout out to the CMAO Ontario Axe dominating this week's Billboard charts. 
10 songs have reached the top 50, including Robin Ordolini's new one, which is at number eight. Andrew Hyatt sits at number 13. Jade Eagleson sits at 18. Tebe's at 22. Megan Patrick has hers at 28. Tim Hicks has it at 34. Genevieve Fisher at 40. David Boyd James rocks in at 43. And the Road Hammers bring it in with 45. 10 songs in the top 50 Billboard charts. All of them are from Ontario. That is absolutely incredible. Congratulations to every single one of those artists. Now on today's podcast, we have last year's CMAO Rising Star Award winner and this year's Male Artist of the Year and Album of the Year nominee, Aaron Allen. Now, Aaron's story will sound familiar to many. Faced with some serious personal challenges as he entered his teenage years, country music became his lifeline and songwriting the outlet for his pain and frustration. Alan made a promise to himself that he would make country music his career, even though, thanks to his wife, tattooing eventually helped pay the bills. All I had was my voice, and country music was really the only way to go for me, Alan says. I've always loved how simple and direct great country songs are. They go straight to the heart, and that's what I've always tried to achieve with the songs I write. I feel like my favorite artists are speaking specifically to me, and I hope people have that feeling when they hear my songs. Keeping that momentum going, Aaron released his new EP, Highway Mile, on April 3rd, 2020, produced by the one and only Jeff Dalziel. Highway Mile is close to 4 million streams today. Now, I met Aaron when we played a virtual show together last summer, and I've never heard of him, but as a country artist with a neck tattoo, you bet your ass I was intrigued to watch him. Then I heard him play his set, and wow, what a voice. That's where music comes from really struck a note with me, and it's been in my rotation in my playlist ever since. Today, I am not only the host of the show, but I am a fan right beside you listening. So find your happy place in your house, take a stroll down the street if it's beautiful outside, or plug in the headphones at the office and hide from your boss, because our interview with Aaron Allen begins in three, two. One. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast today. I am your host, Tim Albertson, and today we have a phenomenal artist on board. This man won CMAO our Rising Star Artist of the Year last year and is back up for artist, Male Artist of the Year and Album of the Year. Please welcome to the podcast, Aaron Allen. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's nice to see you again, buddy. Oh, this is incredible. So we actually met um, last summer. We actually got a chance to play on a show, and that's where I actually heard about the CMAO Rising Star uh, Award winning, which, again, congratulations. I know that is not an easy feat, and we're going to talk about why it's not an easy feat <laughs> later on. <laughs> yes, it's not. <laughs> but for people who don't know Mr. Aaron Allen, can you give a brief bio of yourself, sir? Yeah, well, I, I've been in this a long time. I know it kind of seemed like, you know, I popped up overnight, but I've definitely been doing it for about 20 years now or better. I'm stationed here in London, Ontario, been here for about 20 years. And uh, 
yeah, just been, you know, I started out in punk, started doing punk music. And I, I feel like punk music's four chords in the truth, the same as country. You're, you're not far off. The, no, ly- exactly. the lyrics tend to sway a little bit more on the darker side. But other than that, like that is four chords in the truth. For sure. People always go like, well, you started out in punk. And to be honest, I probably do look more like a punker than a country singer. But they go, well, how did you make it to country? And for me, I didn't really see it as a transition. I just kind of didn't want to carry heavy amps anymore. And it, and it mm-hmm. was just kind of natural once the distortion went away. Yeah. I found out that punk was actually just country. Once I started playing the acoustic guitar and put down the distortion pedal, I started going, oh, okay, I like folk and country. That's and then awesome. from there, <laughs> I think I've released maybe a dozen records over the last 20 years. You probably can't find them, but uh, probably about 20 rec- or 12 records over the last 20 years. And, you know, that brings us to this day and the stuff that's going on. And it's, I mean... It's been an uphill climb, but it's it's been great. So yeah, it's it seems to be going very very well for you today, sir. Well, here today, gone tomorrow. I don't know. We'll try to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to keep them. Uh, you know, you, you try to do the best you can. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. So not only are you a singer, but you're a songwriter as well. Now you work with a gentleman named Jeff Dalziel, and if anybody who's listening to this podcast right now doesn't know who Jeff Dalziel is, please go Google him, and you will fall in love with this man right away. This guy <laughs> is a genius. I uh, concur. <laughs> <laughs> but you also do solo songwriting too. Like, can you outline the process of your songwriting? Like, where do you start? Well, the the process has changed a lot. You mentioned Jeff. And, uh, you know, a lot of when people go, why is this working after 20 years? Like, I'm not going to take the credit for that. When Jeff started working with me, he really remolded me into how I write a song. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to like Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Lyle Lovett, and forget the rest. I don't (laughs) even want to hear it, you know, unless that's the way that I was. And Jeff was like, hold on, hold on. There's a whole world out here that you don't realize and he started me listening to pop music, rock. Um, I was already listening to country, but uh, stuff like that, dance music, anything that's popular. And he, he told me, listen, even if you think you hate it, listen to that song and then tell me one good thing about that song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from him doing that, it made me learn that, you know, no matter who I'm, in, who I'm writing with on that particular day, no matter if they're novices, where their level's at, even the most inexperienced new writer can teach me something. And, and that's kind of what he taught me. And I opened my mind. And nowadays, my process, I, uh, I walk my dogs in the morning. I listen to Apple Music. And, uh, you know, I get a song that inspires me. And then I don't use a guitar. I just go, oh, man, that inspired me. And I'm inspired to write a song as good as Bruce Springsteen. It'll never happen. But I got that <laughs> carrot there that I keep chasing. So as soon as I got that carrot that I'm chasing, yeah, then I just keep walking until I have like a verse and a chorus. That makes 100% sense. Yeah. Then I get home and then I'll pick up the guitar and then maybe I'll write a second chorus or, or, or a second verse and put it away. Sometimes I don't even like to write the second verse, you know, because I find that's the hardest one to write. Mm-hmm. When you keep the story going. Writer, right? Like, yeah, when it falls yeah. flat, it's usually the second verse. So sometimes I'll sleep on it for a few days and then you get that flash of lightning back when you come to it a few days Mm -hmm. later 
almost that, like re-inspiring yourself almost 100 and it, it, it pops right out of nowhere too you could just be like you said walking with your dog and next thing you know you're just thinking about something completely different and that line pops right back in next thing you know you've got the next verse and the next course and the next bridge and you're set definitely for sure and i didn't realize it all this year somebody asked me i processed the other day and i'm like well i like to listen to other music while i write mm -hmm. and i didn't know i had never co-wrote until two years ago until jeff said hey you got to go down to nashville and co-write and I, I literally said to him i don't want to <laughs> he goes well you have to or it's just not gonna work yeah like, you're just you're not at that level so i go okay and i did but i didn't know at the time but when i was a kid like life wasn't the best for me i mean people had it way worse but i used to lock myself up in my room and i'd listen to bruce springsteen tom petty all those people and i would write songs and i just figured out lately that i've been co-writing the whole time i've been sitting there listening to a tom petty song he inspires me and then i'll just write it while i'm listening to tom petty yeah and i never knew it but i have been co-writing for 20 some odd years i just didn't know it and i realized it like I don't know, a week ago or when somebody told me that. that. And I go, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm co-writing with those guys because I've definitely learned from them. And like, I have a thing that I do. It's a turnaround and, and it's Steve Earle. It's not me. It's just, I got so used to playing those turnarounds yeah. that I play traditional country standard turnarounds and it's just always been there. So yeah, you, you learn to play guitar from Steve Earle. You learn to write from all these people and it's kind of like, be inspired by them, man, and and full on take advantage of that, you know? That that's mind boggling. I never even contemplated that. Yeah. Um, well, wow. If you want to rate a good song, learn from the best, right? They're probably not going to sit down with me. So that's about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> There's a really good chance they're not going to sit down with Aaron Allen, but yeah, small, small chance. <laughs> and and best part is you technically don't have to pay them for it either. No, no, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. Free lessons. <laughs> that's true. When you're writing a song, like when you're co-writing with somebody, do you go into the co-writing and say, okay, we're working on my song today or we're working on your song today? Like, how do you know which songs you're going to keep and which ones you're going to let go of? Well, usually Jeff decides which ones I keep and which ones I let go of because you know, it's very confusing when you write a good song is just a good song and you're like yeah. excited about it. But Jeff will go, yeah, Aaron, that's a good song might be a hit, whatever we think that is, mm -hmm. but he goes, but it's not you. So pass that on. So that's, he is my filter for everything. Like if I didn't have him there, I would record a bunch of songs that would probably tank my career because I write a ton that I like and I go, I want to do that. But yeah. uh, it couldn't hurt the David Boy Jane song. Yeah. When, when we brought that back from Nashville, because um, it wasn't intended for Dave. I wrote that with James Barker and Joel Earnwine. And uh, when I brought it back, it wasn't intended for Dave at all. And I go, hey, I, lo I love this song. Can I cut this, Jeff? What do you think? And he's just kind of like, well, you don't drink. So why would you cut this song? <laughs> and like, I'm like, I know, but it's so cool. And he's like, no, you can't do that, man. I got to keep you honest. And he keeps me honest, you know, like, so it's good to have them. But when you're writing songs in that room, you're just excited. And I, I think that's hard for an artist. Like, you know, when you get that fire, you just oh, want to yeah. cut that song right after you get out of that. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to have somebody there who has clarity. 
it goes, no, that's not you. How come you couldn't see that, you know? <laughs> but I'm writing for so many other people too that it's hard to realize that. And it's funny you asked that lately. Are we writing for you? Are we writing for me? Are we mm -hmm. writing into the air? Over this COVID thing, I've written hundreds of songs and co-writes. And now that we've kind of gone through this thing and there's been hundreds now, you know, I had a song writing with Jason Benoit the other day and I didn't know who the song was for. So I text him and I just go, Hey man, putting it on the table. Who's this for? Yeah. And now when I'm writing with people, I'm like, who's this for? What are we doing? What are the statistical chances that this is going to work out? Mm -hmm. You know? And then I'm finding when we create that, you're probably going to have better chances of getting a cut because you're thinking about where it's going you know, yeah, you, you have a better direction on where the song needs to go. You have their music behind it, what they're used to as well. For sure, for sure. And if I'm writing for another person and I, I know who that person is, that gives me the time to do the research. But if you don't tell me and it's just up in the air, I'm, I'm not going to research it. But like mm -hmm. I've been writing with Nice Horse lately and they're great, great women, amazing writers, great to work with. So the, I, I really wanted to get in that room and write something that they would care about. So when I knew I was writing with them, I went and listened to their catalog. And mm -hmm. I did the same thing that I do with Tom Petty. While their song was on, I just started writing. That's and awesome. then when I got in with them, it kind of sounded familiar to them, I guess. But uh, I like to know that ahead of time because I, I would like to bring a nugget that I think fits you. And sometimes when I put that nugget forth, they'll go like, no, that's not good. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that sometimes that happens too. But I feel like if I do my research, it's usually like, oh, here I got this nugget for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Let's do that one. Absolutely. Instead of getting in the room and going like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, you know, it's COVID. Let's write about COVID. What do you write about? I like to have a little bit of a direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Has there been somebody that, uh, not to name names, has there been somebody that you've worked with that you're just like this, we just can't mesh together? And on the flip side, is there somebody that you would love to work with past, present? What would it be that uh, you would want to work with for songwriting? Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and getting in as much rooms as I do get into, that happens all the time. So, I kind of have my core group that I write with for me. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of like, okay, you know, we're writing for Jason Benoit today or something like that. And then everything else is just kind of up in the air. It kind of just comes through and whatever happens with it happens. Right. But uh, as far as like really getting like, I don't want to do this. I'm usually like, let's write two, three times before I know that they're not for me. Mm -hmm. because like if you've heard my music i do have like an element to it usually when i write a song even if it's you know something like it couldn't hurt and it has drinking content and something i still want it to have like this heart there yeah i still want it to have a heartbeat so, so i'm just an emotional guy i guess but it's always got to have that there for me so that being said when i think about writers i want to work with obviously somebody like donovan woods Mm -hmm. would be amazing um i really love to towns you know her, i would love to do a duet yeah <laughs> you know, yeah like, her I, music I, like that yeah uh, it hits you in the feels every single song it doesn't matter if it's fast paced slow paced like every single song just hits you right square in the heart exactly because it, it's nothing but honest yeah. like it might not be it might not be you know 
125 beats a minute or, or mm. whatever. We're like or 140, whatever. But I mean, it sure as hell hits me in the heart. Yeah. Like Jersey on the wall. I consider oh. that maybe the best song of last year, you know, like or easily two years ago, whatever yeah. it was. Out. But uh, that's what I love, man. And, and then when I hear a song like Jersey on the wall, that blows me away. I go, I got to rate a, something as good as that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to stop until I do. I don't know if I can achieve that, but that's always my goal. Yeah. Like, oh man. She just, <sighs> she just blew me away. Like it's just genius. It's just genius, you know? So that's, that gives me that inspiration. Mm-hmm. And for her to come out of nowhere, almost to just blowing it right out of the park. Well, that's the thing too. And I had heard that she's been around, she's been around for 15, 20, 20 years. Like people think she's really young, but I think I was talking to uh, Jeff about, it, and I think she's been around for, let's say at least 10, 15 years. Really? Hey. And uh, yeah, because Jeff and I talk about me kind of sitting around for 20 years and, and going under the radar. Right. And he said, well, she kind of did the same thing, man. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it just takes enough people to go, Oh, this is something, yeah. you know? Oh, okay. This is something. So for me, I think it just kind of took Jeff believing in me. And that kind of opened some doors before Jeff, I was working with uh, Dan Broadbeck, great mm-hmm. producer, Grammy nominated here in London. And, uh, you know, to have people like Dan Broadback um, and Jeff believe in you, like that gives you a little bit of gas to get through all those hard times. Yeah. You know, over those 20 years, there were just little wins here and there that kept me going just long enough. Mm-hmm. And then I'd run out of gas and then I'd be like, I'm done with this. And then you get something else. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, Hey, this is cool, man. It's not as much. I was talking to my buddy and I said, listen, man, you got to find a way to not let what you love hurt you the way that it does, the way that music hurts us because we try and we try and it's a wall, it's a wall. And he, you know, he, he's having a tough time and he's been in and he's been signed to two labels. And I'm just like, man, I found a way to not let it hurt me. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that too, you're going to do your best work. So it's hard to not get mad at music or not get, not get jealous and stuff like that. But I find when you let that go, that's when things actually start working. Oddly enough, I told him like, you're at this point that I was always at, like you're pushing a boulder up a mountain. Your song's a boulder. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way. You should just create the music and then you're on the top of the mountain and then you just kick that boulder <laughs> down and watch it go. It should not be, ugh. It should not be an uphill battle. Yeah. No, that may- yeah. wow. Man, well, you are blowing my mind. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. This is just what I learned in the last couple of years, right? Because I kind of saw the light. And I mean, uh, this being pushing the boulder. Yeah. I, I told him, that's us. We're the ones that force ourselves to carry the boulders. We're the ones that are in our own way. Yeah. That's all our fault. Mm-hmm. We, not we set ourselves at such a high standard already that we anticipate something to happen. And like you said, we're pushing and pushing that boulder and no matter what, and even if we reach that pinnacle, well, then there's that next pinnacle to go to. So there's that next ledge on top of the mountain to go to. And For yeah. Sure. It, and do you ever like, do you ever make it right? Like if you made it, I think you would stop. Like mm-hmm. for me, I remember getting, you know, I don't want to get into anything, but I remember a publisher that uh, didn't like what I do and they were vocal about it. Like people think when you get to another level, like 
you get a lot of good compliments and stuff. <laughs> I've probably been told I suck more than ever. Right. Like, yeah. Now, get- now those people have a platform too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I know I suck. Like <laughs> you don't have to tell me that I could always be better, but there's things like they didn't, they didn't like my writing. They, they literally said they didn't like my writing. And I was like, I'm cool with that. But I mean, you never make it. Mm. I just went, Oh, okay. I'm never going to make it. That's just the reality of the situation. I'm just always going to have to keep my foot on the gas and fight. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. We're willing to do that. But I mean, we kind of go like, Oh, if, if this happens, we've made it. Mm -hmm. If that, I can tell you what's happening right now. When I was a kid, I would have went, I made it. But now that I'm here, I go, I don't, I don't know if I've made it. I still got plenty of way to go. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough. We'll see. (laughs) Well, Hey man, I mean, you're making it one hell of a way. And I I feel like that boulders like getting pushed by a lot of people. Well, that's a tough spot to be in, man. And to be in there for 20 years, like, I mean, you gotta let that boulder go. Yeah. See, and that, and that's one thing that I'm learning right now is if you look on Facebook and you look on social media, you would see maybe a post here or there in 2017 from your music. I can't even remember the group that was behind you at that time. I remember seeing the cover. Uh, small city saints. That's it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You can't find much. (laughs) So I saw that and then like it, it pops right into 2019. So anybody who sees you on social media thinks you're an overnight success. So to, so to hear that there was 20 years of like pushing and grinding and everything like well, 20 now- years of building the brand too, right? Like yeah. learning and building the brand. So I guess I'm just a slower learner and it took me 20 years to build that brand. But uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't take everybody else 20 years, but yeah, I don't even look at that. Like I was saying to my butt, I don't even look at that as like, it was terrible. I look at that as like every song was one inch closer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've released over over 100 songs over these 12 records. And I mean, each one that you thought would hit didn't hit, didn't hit. And the yeah. records just kept coming. And you just get sad and you just get more broken. And then you write sadder songs. And then you go, why doesn't anybody want to hear what, I, what I'm doing? Oh, because I'm writing sad songs that make everybody cry. Like, and then yeah, I have a whole CD <laughs> of depression. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and that's the lifestyle, right? It just keeps putting you down and yeah. putting you down. But if you're in that kind of mode, are you going to write the best music that you can to give to the world? Probably not, right? So when you kick that boulder out of the way and you take all the weight that you've put on yourself mm-hmm. away, then it's like the true art can come through. That's how I feel. The true art comes through us. And because I don't feel like I write the songs, the good ones just kind of go through you just kind of pass right through yeah yeah no i i i'm very much the same way i feel like if a song is gonna have well it doesn't need to have success or it doesn't need this for success but i find the ones that people seem to register the most with are the ones that i literally wrote like five minutes for sure and like you I, didn't I had to think course. about it you, yeah yeah and it was just boom 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 done yeah how the hell does that happen i think my theory is we're always in our way And for some reason for that day, you didn't think you didn't overanalyze your whole entire life. Like songwriters and musicians tend to do. Mm -hmm. 
analyze every word, whether they're going to like it or whether they're not, or whether it's cool enough. If you can do that for five minutes and let that song flow through you, man, it's a magical experience, right? (laughs) When that happens, like what just happened, right? Yeah. And then boom, thank gosh. Boom. It happened. But like people always go, Oh, why did that person write an amazing song? And then their second single tanked and they've never been able to get it back. Mm-hmm. Cause it ain't easy. <laughs> like it's not easy. Yeah. And especially, I mean, with your, with your album that we're about to talk to, I can just imagine. Well, that's the thing too, with this album, like I, I didn't know what to put out. So I just put out stuff that was important to me stuff that meant something to me and my, my story behind it. And the, and the fact that other people can put themselves in that position and, and feel that song is like, Whoa, man, that's an amazing experience for me as a songwriter to connect mm-hmm. unreal. So yeah. Highway miles done more than I ever thought it would do. That's for sure. And it's an incredible album. 100%. Like you can feel heart and soul in every single note that you play in that song. Oh man. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Just, just keep it honest. That's all I know how to do. Right. Well, I mean, honestly, it seems as though you've hit with a bunch of people, man. Highway mile is nearing 4 million streams now. That's so crazy. let's put that into perspective. I live in a city of 130,000 people. Yeah. So wow. If I'm trying to put myself on the spot right now with the math, that is a lot of my cities listening yeah. to your album. Definitely. Well, that that always blows me away. And we were talking before we came on here. And Apple has, has been a champion of mine. George uh, and Aaron over at Apple. Holy cow. And what a blessing to have people that are in that position that believe in you. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes those people believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And I mean, the gas that you get from those little wins is, is insane. So make no mistake. Apple has been great to me and uh, I'm glad they like what we're putting out. So we're going to keep trying to put out that and keep the, keep the brand going. And, and we're, we're coming, we got two new songs already done. So I can't wait for you guys to hear. We're just, we're just doing a little something different. It'll can, still sound can, like Aaron. <laughs> can 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 we have a little taste? Like maybe what's what's the song's about? Uh yeah, yeah. There's a song called Just Getting By. And that one, that one's pretty simple, man. It's just uh it okay, I'll tell you a little bit of the story and why I wrote it. Um a label called me and we were talking about money, talking about signing and everything like that. And you know, I listened to it and I go, okay. And I got off the phone and I thought, you know what? I'm just okay with just getting by. And then I, I, I don't need the millions of dollars or whatever, or this dream of fame. Or I, I, I'm doing okay. So mm-hmm. I don't need to make any moves right now. And I'm okay with just getting by. And then I, that's how the song transpired. That's awesome. It doesn't mean I don't want a record deal or something like that. But you know what? At the end of the day, I've always just been kind of cool with just getting by. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, with a record deal and everything comes a lot of commitment. And with your single, the highway mile, obviously the title track about being a family man. I mean, that would also take away from family time. And well, for sure. Yeah. And so, I, like the, the whole family's on board. They're all on board with me taking off and going there. But I mean, 
it's got to be for the right reasons. If, if I, you know, sign a label right now, like I don't work, this is what I do now. I do music. Mm -hmm. I work more than I've ever worked, but I mean, like, I don't work my regular job anymore. I used to be a tattoo artist. Yeah. I want to talk about that later on too. Oh, for sure. If, if if I signed and I lose, uh, you know, some of my money, I'm not going to be able to stay here and do what I do. So I, I love writing songs every day. I want to do the best that I can do. And I feel like I'm in a really good position to do that right now. And I just don't want to jeopardize it in any way. That makes sense. Yeah. But if the, if the offer's right, then uh, let's get crazy. But I mean, <laughs> you know, right now it's like, I'm happy. I, there's nothing missing. Fair enough. And I mean, yeah. Amy, your wife is an incredible artist all on her own accord too. So thank you she's yeah. i'm pretty proud of her buddy like man like her <laughs> i i had listened to you on in the country with dave woods and you were speaking about her so i went and i took it out and i took a listen and man if you guys get together like that's a power trio that ain't gonna stop ever well we've talked about it a lot over the years and actually the reason she put out her own song is because jeff and arts and crafts were hearing her on my demo and then i i really wanted to do a duet with her and they were kind of like, why don't you know? Why doesn't she establish herself? So I've always wanted to do a duet with her, but they were like, no, let her, let her do her own thing and get out there and uh, don't have her attached to you right now. And I said, that's cool, man. I, I'm like, you want to go for that, Amy? And she was like, sure, let's do it. That's awesome. And, yeah, it is what it is. Came along. That was one that I wrote with uh, Dan Davidson and David Borey's. And I knew midway through that song, I go, guys, I know you think this is for me, but this is for my wife. And they didn't know anything about her. And I showed it to Amy and Amy was like, yep. And then we sent it to Jeff and he was like, yep, let's go. <laughs> but that amazing. one just kind of fell together out of the, I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just get lucky. Hey, man, that, that is one hell of a lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> And uh, she sings the hell out of it, man. She I'm does. So proud of her. She does. Amy, I am definitely going to want you on this show eventually as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be on. Perfect. Yeah. So, sir, you last year came into the CMAOs as a rising star nominee and you took home the big prize. This year, you are set up for male <laughs> artist of the year and album of the year. And you're performing. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that's pretty overwhelming, right? Like, like I, can you even like bring us through the process of a nomination? This is not necessarily a fan vote. This is people and peers of the music industry that are the ones that have the say in your success right now. Well, that's what's crazy because like over 20 years, you you kind of build up this skin and you go, they hate me. They 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 don't like me. Mm -hmm. But th then you realize when you're there, it's nothing personal. There, there was nothing personal about it. You realize that when things start working out, it's like, no, nobody personally has it out for you. It's just, you need to make, everybody has their time. Mm -hmm. It takes time and it happens when it happens. When I got the, I got the first email for the nominations last year, or that got a year and a half ago, I was on a radio tour and COVID was like just, a new thing. Mm -hmm. I was on a radio tour and the email came in. You've been nominated for rising star and male star of the or male of the artist of the year. 
And I was, uh, I remember I was a Mr. Sub. I was in my van, sitting in the back of my van because I had blankets and a mattress in there. Yeah. I'm traveling across Canada doing a radio tour and I'm pretty honest guy. There's no jets. There's nobody driving me. It's me with a mattress in the back. I call up Jeff. Hey, I'm sleeping in the back. You get a hotel, you dummy. And I'm like, no, I'm too cheap for that, yeah. man. So yeah. anyways, when I got the email, I'm like, what the hell? What's going on here? So I call up Jeff. I'm like, did you see this? Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't think I would make it through to the next round. So when I was in for the nominations, I was just like, that's insane, man. Like, I don't even know. And, and now this year for record of the year, that means a lot to me because people are appreciating this work that I did this much. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. I'm very thankful, but I don't know when it starts happening. It's just hard to get, you know, like what, what's, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling, man. I'd love it. Getting that award meant so much to me. And you just go like, how is this happening? And like people, try, they ask me, how's it happening? I go, I don't know. I'm just writing some songs. They, people like it. I don't know why this is happening. That, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from, from the Rising Star Winter Award, was there anything else um, with it as well? Did you end up getting like, did you get phone calls and whatnot? Did people start reaching out a little bit more after the award was handed out? Well, you know, I've had talks with uh, management, uh, labels and stuff like that. And at this point, um, like I say, bringing on management, bringing anybody to my team. And it does hurt me in some respects, not to have management, not to have somebody booking my shows. It does hurt me sometimes. But at the end of the day, the reason why I do it is not to not further my career. It's to keep my stress level and everything balanced. It's to go, I'm in charge of this stuff. I can't really afford to give you 20% of my wages. So I'm just going to do it myself, make sure everything's the way that I want it until I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. And then if it's like I'm driving my wife crazy because I'm so stressed out, then I'll get a manager or something. But like I say, giving up any percentage right now and I'd be back to work soon, I think, mm -hmm. you know, so I got to live off those royalties. Plus, I got to make new music. And that's that's tough. Especially yeah. these days, we're not doing the live thing, right? Yeah. Um, and even like the CMAOs, even when we had those last year and I won, like there wasn't an industry party. There was none of that going on, obviously. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, so we've been yeah. kind of on pause. There's no handshaking going on. No, hey, I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. None of that's happening. But for some reason, it still feels like I, I have moved a little more forward this year, which I'm so grateful for. But uh, yeah, when the world opens back up, I I'm, I'm anxious to see what will happen. What kind of opportunities are there? Yeah. Because there's not much to take advantage of right now, to be honest. You know that being a musician too. Yeah, yeah. Most doors are closed right now because of what's going on in the world. So yeah, and it is what it is. And we try to make money where we can, you know, and, mm -hmm. and hopefully we get back to it soon. 100%. Yeah. So you're performing this year. Is there a little bit of tidbit that we can get on what we can expect from your performance? unfortunately it's been pushed back to september now but well see i think i was gonna do can we go back but now that it's pushed back to september maybe just getting by will be out and then if that's out by then i would really love to get that going it's a summer jam yeah and i'd love to play that so i think it's going to be based on 
when this new single comes out. Perfect. Um, are you? Is this going to be a live stream uh, thing as well, or are you actually getting to perform on stage? Uh, getting to perform on stage, like last year, it was all a drive-in thing. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of had a little section that was, uh, there was only 50 artists and photographers allowed in this one section. So I don't know what they'll be limited to this year, but I'm supposed to play the new Faces show, which is usually out in a parking lot okay, or something like that. And then I'm playing the actual award show. So as far as I know, we're doing this in real life. Oh man. Yeah. Can you, can, you, uh, can you believe that? We're doing this in real life as far as, can, far as can, I know. Can you can you tell me how the stage smells? <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss it so much. It's insane. And the the, the thing that scares me is like I haven't played in forever. Mm. I sure as hell hope the first time I get get back playing is not September the 5th. The, C- On I'll the be CMAO stage. Up, <laughs> I'll be all practice of it. I'll be sitting there a month before by myself yeah. right here practicing full band. Yeah, it's a full nice. band. Uh, actually, we're going to play with the Western Swing Authority because oh. they're the they're the home band there. They're the, they're the home team. So it's like, That's yeah, get nice. a chance to play with them. Sure. Right. Yeah. It. Sign yeah. me up for sure. For the new faces, we'll have a full band, but that'll be, um, you know, my players on that side of the coin. Like, do you have a setup of musicians behind you or do you kind of pick when you need? Well, with this COVID thing, uh, I lost a guitar player. He went to Vancouver because we shut down here. Mm-hmm. He had to go to Vancouver to work. He couldn't get any guitar work here. So he's gone. He moved back to Vancouver. So um, for that show, we're going to use Chris Bray. He plays with uh, David Boyd Jeans, who I've wanted yeah. to play with Chris Bray for a long time. So I, I'm stoked to do that. But I kind of have a little Rolodex of people that I call when needed. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Which is, yeah, it's been kind of a revolving door over the years, but I kind of have a bass band right now. Wicked. Mm-hmm. All righty. So, Mr. Aaron Allen, sir, I cannot <laughs> believe that I got an opportunity to sit and chit-chat with you today. Oh, oh man. man. Anytime, ever, brother. Ever since the summertime when I got to hear you and – just you and a guitar on a laptop was magical. Really? Yeah. Like I, I was sitting there and I literally like pulled over my girlfriend and the kids and I was like, come on, come on, come sit here, sit here, sit here, listen to this guy. What? Yeah. And uh, man, man it, it was, it was incredible. Well, and then for you. you, and then I went on and I found you on YouTube and I found the Sirius XM where you went into there and yeah, like, and, cool, yeah. and even today when I promoted today that we were going to sit and chit chat today, like your group, your core group of fans, all of them down there, like, Tim, you're going to enjoy talking to Aaron today. This guy's got a heart bigger than Canada. Uh, I did read that. I did. Yeah. Was that Charlene that said that Charlene? Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, it was Charlene. She yeah. Said he's got a, I don't know if that's true, Charlene, but I, <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. You know what? Like I got the vibes on there too, that you're a good dude. And a lot of this now you say when you get in a room and you're working with people, a lot of this is like, I like you mm-hmm. let's work together. And you know, if I remember the first time working with Phil Barton, I was so scared. I, this is crazy. Phil, you've written so many hits and it's just like, Hey man, he, he was, he set me straight. I'm just a human here. We're just writing a song. 
And from that day on, I went, oh, yes, nobody's famous. We're all just trying to do our thing. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't care if you're number one. Let's hang. You know, if you're a nice person, let's hang. Hey, but I mean, like, if you're number one, we can hang a little more. I'll hang with you whether I'm number one or 72, like I <laughs> usually am with good place to start. <laughs> hey, you always got to start somewhere, right? Oh, I love, hey man. Four well, million streams, <laughs> sir. You can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with four million streams. No, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that, man. Oh, but, man. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll always stay humble and yeah, let's keep in touch for sure. Gladly, 100%. Yeah. I would love to work with you. Well, so I, let's do it, brother. Aaron, I I wanted to put one more thing here. I read your braintumor.ca quote that you did. And if anybody has a chance, just Google search Aaron Allen, braintumor.ca, and you will find this incredible write-up. Something that really stuck with me is something that you wrote in there. And it's just one simple line, but it is 100% accurate. Events in our life shape the outcome. Wow. Yeah. And it has for me. And I think, I think if you don't look at it that way, then you're going to live a really hard life. And, uh, you know, the reason I wrote this brain tumor article is because my mom did die from a brain tumor. She was sick 15, 16 years. And I think she died when I was 26 or 27. I'm not very good at math, but I mean, after she died, I really saw the light and I really went, Hey man, because I think she was 46 three days before her 47th birthday. So I was like, man, this could happen to any of us mm -hmm. any day. And after she passed, I just vowed like, I'm not going to work in that factory anymore. And I, I left the line. I remember the day that I left the line. I worked there for four years and it was just like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just done. And hey, man, working on a line's fine, but it wasn't for me and I wasn't happy. And I just said, I'm going to do everything that I can do, even though I have to pay the bills. I'm just going to do everything that I can do to be happy. So all that stuff that happened shaped me into what I am today and allowed me to have the vocabulary, you know, of words built up from either trauma, good times, and pretty much just hard living. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, I've seen my fair share of drinking. I don't drink anymore and I've done a lot of stupid things. So just live in life. Right. So yeah, all those things that they do shape who you are. And if you don't embrace those and like, there's things I wish I didn't do. You know, people look at me and think they go, Oh, Aaron's a nice guy. He's got a heart of gold. It's because I wasn't always that guy. Mm -hmm. I could tell you that I wasn't always that guy. And then when I saw the light and I wanted to become that guy and really go, Hey, that's who I want to be. You know, mm -hmm. that's when, that's when your perspective flips. I was always looking at it like, what was me? My mom's dying of cancer and my parents are divorced in my life and I don't have a top 10. And then I reversed that. And then when I reversed that, I went, there's the open road. Yeah. And it's really hard to flip that perspective. But if you go, yeah, that road with all that crap there, mm -hmm. that made me. That was the road that made me. Now let's do something about it. Oh, and yeah. then that kind of just fueled me. I'm like, that's who I am. You know, I don't think you should ever shy away from that. No, shy and away. to be honest with you, that that is one thing that I honestly um, 
I figured out a couple of years back now. I grew up a small town boy of a town of like 250 people. So literally our motto is you help everybody no matter what. You Somebody asks for help, you help them. You don't expect a handout. You just help. Yeah. And as I moved away from it, I kind of walked away from that motto as well. And I started getting into some crap and started doing some things that I really knew I shouldn't be doing. But that was the society at the time that had accepted me. For sure. Well, that's so, the thing too, right? Yeah. You're lost and you gravitated towards that. Yeah. So I, I went full on into it and like cops got involved. I've been arrested in my past. Things have happened. And do I, do I regret everything that happened in those days? 100% would I change it? Probably not because of where I am today. Now I've seen that image and I've seen where I have been. Yeah. And now I see where I've come and no matter what, that will always be the silver lining for me. Exactly. And you're not letting go of that because you know, no. you know, what's on the other side. Like I can't, I can't screw this up. I can't drink. I can't screw this up. I can't screw up my wife and kids. You know, you've been to the other side and once you have it, don't let mm -hmm. that go. But Hey man, musicians, yourself myself we're probably pretty self-destructive people and it's hard to stay on that it's, it's very very true as a musician it's really <laughs> hard but i mean if you got a forgiving wife or partner maybe you make it through you know yeah we're only as strong as the ones behind us it's true man yeah that's why it's going well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> same here yeah, definitely so Aaron, last few questions here. What advice would you give 14-year-old Aaron Allen, both musically and personally? Now, this is Aaron Allen that is now about to flourish and try and figure out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. I would probably say it's just a song. Let it go. And everything's going to be okay. Like, that. that's that's the thing that I was kind of missing from my childhood is, is somebody saying everything's going to be okay. I never really had anybody like my mom tried, but she was only six. So, you know, just, just having somebody go, wh whether you're going to make it in music or not, mm -hmm. just keep going and it's going to be okay. That's, you know, a lot of us think, Oh, roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. But I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, just keep going because you're not going to get worse. Yeah. If you get worse, there's a real issue. Yeah. Then, then, then we need to hit the brakes and we need to figure something out <laughs> yeah. here. If you're a slow learner like me and it takes me 20 years to write a, you know, a song that's, that's good enough to make it somewhere, then it takes 20 years. Mm -hmm. But find a way. Find a way and know it's not the end of the world when you don't get that show or quit adding up all those negative things when they don't happen. Oh, I didn't get on that gig, man. Ah, then you get angry. Mm -hmm. I, th the radio didn't pick up my single again. Then you get angry. Who cares? Why me? Why <laughs> me? Why me? Why me? Yeah. Just make a yeah. good song and, and hopefully they like it, but it's, it's not the end of the world. It never is. No, it's just fuel to the fire, my man. Exactly. Find a way to, like when people say my voice isn't good, I've, I, I hear that a lot. I know I have a weird voice. I know I have like a whiny You have voice. a unique voice. I, I will be 100%, but that's, I, that's another thing that draws me to you. I am one of those people that I love unique voices. One of my favorite voices in country music today is Cassidy Pope. Yeah, man, definitely. 
Kath, and I, I and I knew her back from Hey Monday. Really? Yeah. And so like to hear her and I I I got my fan moment when I met her when she was on tour with um Dean Brody as well. But nice. uh yeah, like her voice when she came out on the voice and she started singing, I'm like, there's no way. There is absolutely no way she does not walk home with the trophy. Just because the uniqueness of the voice was just so incredible. Well, that's that's true. That uniqueness is it it's a great thing. And it's also like it could cause you a lot of pain because people go you suck. Like half the people say I'm good. Half the people go, Oh man, like that's terrible. But then you listen to Neil Young, Getty mm -hmm. Lee. Like I know I have a whiny register like Willie Nelson sometimes, but yeah, at the end of the day, that uniqueness, I guess, I guess that's what people dig, you know, but I just want people to know that people tell me I'm not good all the time, even right now. Like my one buddy goes, I didn't get on serious, you know, and this is why. So I called him and I go, Oh yeah. Well, this person just said that they don't like my voice and there's never an opportunity to work with them. And yeah, so was, how do you feel like, now? Yeah. Well, that was yeah. just two weeks ago. And I just go, okay, whatever, yeah. whatever. I don't Sorry. Care. I didn't please you today. Yeah. Somebody's always going to tell you that yeah. you suck. And they always have told me that I suck, but I only half believe it. Don't believe it. 49%. Cause that'll crush you. Just believe mm -hmm. You know, just have 51%. Hey, I'm not the best. I'm not the worst, but 51% will keep you going. Don't Damn let it right. dip into 49, but I, I'm a wacko. I just, <laughs> mean, <laughs> I just mean, hey, man, if I can do it, you can keep doing it. Just take the 20 years to do it. Mm -hmm. If it takes it that long, then it takes it that long. Exactly. I, I don't know what advice I would have other than just, just keep going. Right on. So Aaron, what's next for you after the CMAO performances? I know we got some singles coming out. Well, I, I can't really say too much. I got two singles coming out. Oh, do like, we have a secret? <laughs> There's kind of a secret. This summer, right. you're going to hear a new project from me. Oh. It's not an Aaron Allen thing. It's, it's a duo. Um, that's about all I'm going to say, but you're going to hear a single from this duo probably this summer and, uh, if everything goes right, like we're, we're three songs in, we might have an EP for you soon. That is incredible. I'm excited for that. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys like it. It's, it's different from Aaron Allen. It's not going to be the, the Aaron Allen stuff that you're used to, mm -hmm. but uh, we're going to have some fun. And Aaron, trust me, Aaron Allen's going to keep rolling. Yeah. yeah. So weird saying Aaron Allen. That's me. <laughs> Third that's print. the name of the yeah. band. Like my stuff's going to keep rolling, but uh there's something really cool coming. At least I think it's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm super excited. Yeah. Aaron, if people are brand new to your music today, sir, where can they find your music at? Uh, if you could kindly just Google Aaron Allen music, then you're going to find it all. You're going to find your Spotify, um, Apple music, um, and you're going to find websites, Facebook. Everything's just Aaron Allen music. Wicked. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, my man. Thanks, Tim. Please stay in touch. It's been a pleasure for me. 100% will do. Thank you. Thanks, brother. So there you have it, everyone. My amazing interview with CMAO Rising Star winner Aaron Allen. What a powerful and deep podcast this week. Thanks, Aaron, for coming on to the podcast again. He will be performing this Thursday night on In the Country with Dave Woods. Shout out, Dave Woods! Also, 
be on the lookout for his new project as well as new tunes which you can see it all at aaronallenmusic.ca allen spelled a-l-l-e-n now next week on the podcast we have the very lovely and talented and quirky christina rogers you may have heard her number one single on the canadian indie country countdown called whiskey hangover or perhaps you've seen her on tv as a former reporter with rogers live and as a radio host i have so many questions my name is tim albertson you can check out my music at www.timalbertsonmusic.ca also make sure to follow us on facebook and youtube and over on youtube we premiere the live video of our interviews with the live chat with the artists just search the canadian country music podcast also if you're an artist or a member of the industry and you have some insight you want to share about your experiences please please email us we would love to have you our email is the ccmcast at gmail.com until next week everyone remember that love is always free see you all next time and please please take care of each other